You're listening to episode 185 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a podcasting coach, lifestyle entrepreneur, and a Canadian with a sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using stories to connect with and positively impact others. Here on the Room to Grow podcast, we're going deep into big topics like relationships, mental health, business, confidence, lifestyle, personal development, and entrepreneurship, and being open, honest, and real about how to learn from tough lessons along the way when life throws you into the unexpected. I bring you thoughts and guests with stories that will change the way you look at the world and yourself so that we can learn from each other and grow with lots of self-love and compassion every step of the way. There's always more room to grow. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And today we're going to talk about doing the work (laughs) because sometimes I'll talk about that on this podcast and you'll hear it a lot in the personal development world. And this has been on my mind a a huge amount lately because it's like, what does that even mean? And sometimes people will even say that to me, you know, I, I can tell that you've really done the work. And I know I've done the work, but Sometimes I even get confused about what is the work (laughs) and that there's always more work to do too. Uh, So I guess first I kind of want to start out that doing the work, you'll never even get to the point of doing the work if you don't first recognize that you have a habit, a behavior, or even a maybe repeated pattern of some kind that you want to change in order to grow and evolve. Or maybe you just have a huge amount of of healing to do. And we all have healing to do. All of us. No matter how much work you do, you're always going to have more healing work to continue to do from now and and into the future. And often these types of things are are rooted in old hurts or wounds. and, And we create these unconsciously established thoughts or behaviors to make make up for them in some ways or to uh, avoid them, to sidestep them. There's so many different ways that, that these types of things can present themselves. And a lot of times these behaviors or, or thoughts can be triggered by certain things that might seem otherwise meaningless to someone else too. I've had this multiple times where the, the simplest little things will trigger me. And I have to kind of stop myself and go, okay, what is actually happening here? Because there's no way that this next to nothing little situation is causing me to get angry or to burst into tears or however that ends up coming up or to react defensively, whatever that looks like. I'm like, okay, this, this one little thing that is triggering me, why is it triggering me? Because it, it shouldn't be causing this much of a visceral reaction within me. And this, this isn't an end game, doing the work and and healing and all those types of things. It's not an end game. It's a journey. You're never going to hit a point of, okay, I'm good now. I, I hit my destination and I'm done doing the work. There's always going to be more work to do, which is why I think it's even more important to start to figure out what this is going to look like. A friend, a friend of mine, uh, recently had a, a shitty situation come up in their life and they were devastated. And this person was asking me for advice on how to get through it. And I flat out told this person the blunt truth. I'm like, it's going to fucking suck for a while. Uh, and then it's going to suck some more. <laughs> and then you might have a couple days where it feels like it's getting better. And then it's going to suck more after that again. And just basically put that on repeat. <laughs> and I'm never going to sugarcoat this for you. 
I, I want to be very clear that, that doing this kind of work, it really sucks sometimes. It's not easy. There's a reason why not everybody does it and why a lot of us try to sidestep it because it involves some really heavy, heavy emotional, um, some, some heavy emotions to deal with in order to get through it. But eventually those hurts are going to start to lessen a little bit and it will end up paying off. And sometimes we will have heavy, hard situations arise where the situation itself is already so hard, heartbreaking and painful that you wonder how it could get any more difficult. But sometimes the hardest part can be when you have to look yourself in the mirror to check your own responsibilities and behaviors that have contributed to you getting to this point. And that can be even more difficult. But doing, doing the work is a roller coaster. You can feel like you take three steps forward and then it's going to feel like you took 22 backwards and you'll wonder if you're ever going to feel any better. <laughs> ever. <laughs> and it's going to feel like you're not making any progress at all sometimes. Sometimes we also need to see our reflection through others' eyes to really start to notice that we have done some work, even though it might feel like you haven't. That's something else I feel like is, is really common as well, that a lot of times it's going to, you aren't even really going to realize that you've done as much work as you think too. And uh, for anyone who's listened to this podcast for a while, you're familiar with my friend, Christina Montalvo. She's been on the podcast uh, multiple times. I'll link up to her in the show notes. And uh, last year, um, she flew to Canada to visit me less than two months after I'd found out about my partner's nine years of infidelity, um, episode 117, if you want to listen to the details on that. And I cried for the majority of the 48 hours she was visiting. Then we met up in Hawaii about eight months after that. And even though she and I still had some pretty heavy conversations, she described it as hanging out with a completely different person in comparison to the version of me from months earlier. Not to say that I was completely over it uh, or that I am completely over it, but I had come such a long way, even though there were times and sometimes there, there are still times occasionally where I feel like I should be farther along. And that's kind of the, the part about this, that there are always going to be new situations arising that are going to bring up different things for you. And that's part of doing the work. That's why it's not a destination or an end game, because as these new situations present themselves, you're going to have to deal with new layers of trauma. And when you have a situation that comes up for us that would previously have elicited a, a particular pattern or response. And then we realize afterwards that we've handled it very differently than we would have previously. That tells you that you've been doing the work. Other times, maybe you're going to feel as though you've made a ton of progress and you're doing just fine when a situation pops up that seems basically fairly neutral. And yet it elicits this really surprising pattern from you. For example, like, like bursting into tears over seemingly nothing or feeling anger bubble up when outwardly there doesn't really seem to be anything to be angry about. <laughs> you can uh, check out episode 183 for more on anger and how it's a really misunderstood emotion and how it's actually serving us as well. I think that's a really important one to listen to. But when these types of feelings are coming up in situations that seem basically neutral, this can mean that not only you have more work to do in that area, 
but that perhaps you've had a new layer of hurt that was never accessible before until you did enough of the work to get to that point. And doing the work can mean all kinds of different things. And lots of people will throw things at you like journaling and meditation. Yes, those can be great. Uh, journaling I found helpful. Meditation is, is fine. Um, I'm not a huge meditator, but there are absolutely benefits to it. And, and I, do, I do once in a while. Um, perhaps in the future, maybe I'll get more into it. But yeah, those things are great. Journaling, meditation. But I also want to give you slightly more tangible steps that you can take to start to really move through this and see some changes and acknowledging the fact that everyone is different. Everyone is different. So journaling and meditation might be just the thing for somebody out there and they might be the absolute wrong thing for somebody else. So things like, like talking to someone. Um, and actually, oh, one, one side thing I want to mention about journaling is that it can start to build awareness and, and you can start to actually see patterns starting to form when you write things out and it can also be cathartic. So yes, journaling can be great for some people, but talking to someone can be really important. And that could be a really close friend or loved one. Uh, that could be a professional. We're going to get into that a little bit more in a, in a few minutes. Um, that could be just, just the, the gift of being able to verbalize something out loud because sometimes people are more verbal and they'll get a lot more out of speaking something into existence than they will about writing it too, or just thinking about it. So sometimes we need to have conversations, shaking up your routine and trying something new, just getting yourself out of whatever you've been stuck in for a really long time. Taking care of your body is really important with, you know, nutritious food, lots of water, sleep, moving your body, like walking, those types of things that can be incredibly healing. And it might seem so basic, but anyone who's gone through extended periods of hurt or grief or heartbreak knows that often the first thing to go is how we take care of our bodies how we take care of our physical health and our mental health is going to have a really hard time keeping up if we aren't taking care of our physical health too. So don't underestimate the power of that. Uh, being alone. Sometimes we need to actually step away from people because otherwise I, I know people who distract themselves by being around other people. They, they will, always need to be surrounded by other humans to almost drown out whatever is, is going on that is crying for attention within them and they can't handle it. They don't want to do that work. They don't want to face it. They're not ready to face it. So they'll use distractions like always having people around to keep them from getting to that point. So being alone, there's a lot of power of that and sitting in silence. This is kind of tied into that. I'm always uh, suspicious is the wrong word, but I, I'm always borderline suspicious of people who either a can't be alone and have, and have to have people around them all the time. Like I was saying before, and they'll often claim boredom or, or some other reason or B that they can't stand to be in silence. To me, that means that they're distracting themselves away from their own thoughts. And my biggest question is always why, what are you running from? What thoughts are you so terrified to experience and deal with? that will present themselves once you take enough time to slow down and allow them to filter in. So taking that time to be alone and to sit in silence, there is power in that. And it's fucking hard too. Sometimes it's really, really hard because it's so much easier to continue to distract ourselves rather than 
face whatever's going on within us that will only come bubbling to the surface when we allow it enough space to do so. On the flip side of sitting in silence, sometimes doing the work means taking all kinds of action because we learn more from failures far more than we learn from successes. Someone approached me recently and said that they were trying to really work on themselves and, and uh, straighten out all of these things that these, these thoughts and issues they're dealing with by quite literally sitting and, and thinking about themselves and their issues. And that's great to a point until it's not. And at some point you're going to have to get out into the world and to take messy action, to make all of the mistakes, to fuck up and fail. And that is when you're going to learn the most about yourself. That's when you're going to have to face fears on a different level and to really start to address them head on as they come up. And I want you to remember this too, that the answers are within you. But sometimes we need to do a lot of digging to uncover those answers. And what often scares people the most, I find, is that they won't, that they won't like what they find when they uncover those answers. But what's the alternative? You continue to do the same things over and over again. You end up in, in the same shitty relationships. You fall into the same patterns. You push people away or, or you allow them to walk all over you. Until when? When will you have had enough that it will finally be worth it to actually break down and do this really hard work? And, and something I want to remind you, I, I am not kidding when I say that this is hard work. Not only is it uncomfortable and awkward and you might find things you really don't like about yourself or see reflected back to you in the mirror, but it's also exhausting. It, this is a, a part of it that I think isn't always discussed quite as often, that it can take so much energy and mental space to do this kind of work, especially if, if you're in the throes of, of heartbreak or you know really significant life events, that it, it, feels, it feels like it takes over. Sometimes I look back on 2019 and I think that I accomplished virtually nothing, um, particularly from a business standpoint. I actually did accomplish more than I, I give myself credit for when I look closely, but it can feel as though I did nothing because I was dealing with so much emotional trauma from what I had been through with, with the ending of that relationship that it, it took everything I had to work through it. And yet when I really examine the year in review and compare that person to who I am now, I'm not even the same human being. I feel like I've shed so many layers of myself in the past 12 or, or 13 months that I lost count a long time ago and have uncovered someone I actually really like so much more than I thought possible. But again, there's still a lot of work to do. I haven't hit my destination, nor will there ever be a, a destination or an endpoint. It's an ever evolving journey. So some things that I want to help walk you through a little bit around doing the work. Number one is awareness and checking in with yourself, taking a moment to pause and notice what's coming up for you. Often this means looking for an emotional response and, and potentially even a, a physiological response in some instances as well. So noticing when you're surprised or caught off guard by the way you, you might feel in situations. And this can happen, like this can mean by happy emotions too. It doesn't always have to mean by sadness or fear or anger coming up as the only indicators. 
these types of things, when you start to pay attention to this, it's going to build the awareness that you're going to be like, huh, I think I've got some work to do in that area. Like, why am I being triggered in that particular issue? Which leads me into the next point of sitting in discomfort and asking yourself why you feel a certain way and realizing that there might not be a fast or easy answer to that question either. That can take months or even years to figure out. But if you are at least building that awareness, you can start to see the patterns emerge. Like there's a reason why so many of us try to sidestep the work because it kind of sucks and it can suck for really long periods of time. <laughs> Truly, like I, I wasn't joking when I told my friend that it was going to fucking suck and then fucking suck some more because it, it does. It just, when you are actually immersed in this, it's not a good time. But the end result is so worth it. Then I want you to kind of start putting together the dots. So you become more aware. You're sitting in the discomfort of really starting to pay attention to all of this. And now you're putting together those dots. You're starting to figure out what's causing you to feel this way. Is this a repeated behavior that happens around certain people or under a particular set of circumstances? or maybe even in a certain environment too. But you might not always be able to put together all these dots by yourself either, and that's okay. So again, I'm gonna to get to, to more of that in a second. Then establishing boundaries. So I want you to start recognizing what's best for you may not be what's best for someone else. And that can involve a lot of hard and pretty uncomfortable conversations sometimes which is another part of doing the work <laughs> is these tough conversations. But I also want you to start being more protective of not only your time, but of your energy and noticing what recharges you and who are the people that recharge you and what are the, the people, places, or environments that drain you, that drain your energy. You can also check out a couple different boundaries episodes I've done. Uh, number 108 about how to set boundaries, the key to healthy relationships and episode number 93 about choosing your family and establishing healthy boundaries. This is the, this is also these, these boundaries conversations are also likely going to mean stepping way outside your comfort zone. Because if you've always done things a certain way, you're going to continue to get the same results and doing things a different way is going to mean you start to do new things that can make you really uncomfortable and nervous. And you can maybe start to establish boundaries with people who've come to expect something from you or to expect you to behave in a certain way. And when you start behaving differently, that's a problem for them because they're not getting from you what they're used to getting. Then this is, this is kind of the, the last one on the list, but it is certainly far from being the least important by any means is seeking professional help. You know, we all need help sometimes, and we also might not even have, even if you do have the people in your life who are super supportive and who can, can really help you in, in really great, significant ways, and, and they want to help you, that's amazing. But sometimes we still need neutral parties and actual professionals to help us work through some of these issues. So working with a mental health professional or a coach, I've worked with both many times. I continue to work with both. Um, I have a therapist. I also have coach coaches actually, um, and they can help you work through blocks and point out things that you didn't even realize before helping you to connect the dots, right? Like what I was talking about before. 
And then in terms of different types of professional help, other than mental health professionals or coaches, kind of on the more woo side of things, there are also people who feel that they can benefit from different types of energy work, such as Reiki. Um, there's, there's so many different, there's, there's so many different types of people who do this kind of like energy work. Um, it's going to vary wildly. And I, I do still recommend a mental health pro and or a coach in addition to any other type of work like this you might want to try, but it can be a great option for some people to add into their overall healing approach. Uh, you can also reference episode 116 uh, with my friend Kim Schweitzer and the episode is Reiki, the healing power of energy and protecting yourself. Kim just has some really incredible information to offer and I highly recommend checking it out because she's got a lot of really, really cool things to say. And overall, I mean, just doing the work is going to mean awareness and education and asking for help and changing the habit, hanging out with different people sometimes, changing up the environment that has caused you to feel a particular way. This isn't going to change all at once. Growth is a lifelong process, which means that doing the work is always going to be as well. This also ties in with habits. So I wanted to reference uh, the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, I've referenced it before. I really, really love that book. I've been following his work for years. I was so excited when he came out with the book and it talks about making sustainable habit changes in a really small way that can have huge effects. So basically changing things like 1% at a time. And it's really, really powerful. I highly recommend the book. Just a quick review here of some of the, the last few things that I mentioned um, around doing the work is number one, awareness. Number two, sitting in discomfort. Number three, putting together the dots. Number four, establishing boundaries. And number five, seeking professional help. And I have done all of these things. I will continue to do all of these things. And it's, it's always going to bring up new layers of yourself. But you're probably going to find that the more work you do, the more you really appreciate yourself and the more you actually really like who you are becoming as well. There's so much power in this. And I just wanted to break this down a little bit because this whole concept of, of doing the work just seems so out there and it's like, okay, what does that even mean? So I really wanted to give you something a little bit more tangible to work, <laughs> work with um, so that you can hopefully start to implement some of these things into your own life and start to see the really big significant changes that can come as a result. So thank you so much for listening. I'm always so grateful that you give me your time and your ears uh, for, for this time together. I'm so appreciative. And please, if you know somebody who would benefit from hearing this, make sure to share it with them and take a screenshot, share it on social media, tag me over at Emily Goff Coach. I would absolutely love to thank you in real life. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. I'm so incredibly grateful that you took the time because it means the absolute world to me. For any references in the episode and all show notes, be sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. And if this episode touched your heart, it would mean so much if you would take a quick second to hit subscribe, write a review, and share on social media or with someone who really needs to hear today's message. It makes such a difference to keep this podcast going so that I can continue to bring you amazing content and absolutely incredible guests. Be sure to tag me over on Instagram at Emily Goff Coach so that I can thank you in real time for listening and connect with you. We're back every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday with brand new episodes, and I am looking forward to growing with you.